podcast, a bi-weekly podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that'll help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care through health and wellness. I'm your host, Jazzy Pickett. A tuba player, composer, certified personal trainer, writer, educator, and podcaster coming to you today from my little office in Annapolis, Maryland at the Peabody Preparatory. That's just because like, I'm on the road and I don't have much time nowadays, so here I am. Anyways, So today I will be talking about my upcoming EP, Revolution. I'll be talking about what it is, why it's important, how it came to be. I'll be sharing a few short clips from the EP. I'll tell you how to support it and what the future of the project is. So my apologies, first of all, for missing last week. Um, Things have just been a lot. I've been helping my boyfriend, Andre, move from North Carolina, and now he lives in my apartment in while we're waiting for him to get his own apartment. So things have just been a little bit busy and I haven't been able to sit down and record another episode like I had planned. And this week I'm having a friend visit. And right now I'm just like, again, like I said, I'm on the road just in Annapolis for right now. So (laughs) things have just been a little bit busy and hectic. And then the next few weeks are going to be hectic. So for the rest of the summer, I decided I'm just going to make this podcast bi-weekly. So just listen for me every other week and it'll be great. So anyways, the biggest thing that is happening, well, I have two big things. I have a commission project that's due at the end of the summer, but right now the next big thing is my EP that's coming out next Friday, July 1st, and I'm very excited for it. So this EP has been two years in the making, and I am just really happy that it's finally coming to fruition. I haven't been able to post as much about it on social media as I have wanted to because I actually paid a marketing company to do that for me and they still haven't done that and I don't want to start doing it for them because I already paid the money and it's just a long big thing. I'm not going to name the marketing agency because they are still helping me out but I'm a little bit salty. Anyways, so yeah. So what exactly is this EP Revolution? So Revolution is an EP of black music for tuba by black composers played by mostly black musicians. So for this project, what I did was I commissioned three black composers, Keegan Fountain, Malachi Brown, and Diana Wallace to write three pieces for tuba in black music styles for me and a couple black musicians to play. And this all came about from the idea of representation because representation is very important. So that is why this EP is very important, and I think it will have a strong impact on the tuba community. It's already being received very, very well from the few posts that I have made about it and the preferences to it coming to be. But representation is very important. I know for me, growing up, my first role model of the tuba, like I have said, And many of my speeches before was Larry the Cucumber, because I saw Larry the Cucumber opening VeggieTales, playing the sousaphone every single episode, and I knew I really, really want to play that instrument. And that was just my model of what the tuba could do for a long, long time, until I got to Ithaca College back in, I believe that was 2011 or 2012, when I was a junior in high school. And I was studying at the Ithaca College Summer Music Academy, 
with Aaron Tyndall. And at the time, Aaron Tyndall was one of Velvet Brown's students. And he said, hey, have you heard of Velvet Brown? You should look her up. And then when I looked her up, I was just like, oh, my God, there's a black woman on my screen. This is incredible. And I finally realized that, hey, you know what? I can actually do really cool things with the tuba better than a cucumber can do. And she was just my role model ever since then. And I remember auditioning for every single degree with her. I auditioned for my undergrad and I remember freaking out because I was like, oh, my God, it's Velvet Brown. (laughs) And then for my master's, I was much more cool and collected. And then finally, for my doctorate, it was a video audition. But here I am actually studying with her at Peabody. So Velvet Brown was really just she's just showed me what is possible with the tuba and that even though I am a black woman and I don't look like a white man, I don't have white skin, I don't have a Y chromosome. I can still be a really good tuba player. And studying with her has been basically a dream because it's what I've been winning like my entire life. And so seeing her and finding her that late, I realized that representation really does matter because she is my role model because she does look like me. And I believe that putting black composers, putting black musicians, putting black music into the orchestral repertoire, especially for the tuba, will allow Black students to see themselves represented in the music in much more than a couple pieces on the radio here and there. And then you'll have more Black composers because, hey, these are Black composers writing this music. And, you know, you can fuse music from Black music styles with classical music. And then more Black artists because it's not even just me. It's we have... Basically, everyone was black except for the keyboardist and the drummer. I mean, there were still great players, but, you know, it's just incredible to see that many black musicians on one project. So that's why it's important, representation. So where did this idea come from? So this idea actually started back in December 2019, And I was thinking about what to do for this pitch competition, pitch and grant competition called Running Start at Michigan State University. And at first, my idea was to do like a tour around South America and Central America, but that was too expensive. And I realized I didn't have much of a name yet. So I was just like, well, what else can I do? And then I remembered all the research that I had did at Ithaca College and all the stuff that I had done with my music ed degree where I learned about the power of representation because my professor, Dr. Matthew Claus, who was on a previous episode of this podcast, talked a lot about representation and how him incorporating popular black music styles into his program significantly increased the number of participants. And this to me showed me that, okay, in order to increase black representation in orchestral music, we need to increase the representation of Black repertoire. Because there are so many American music styles that are founded on Black music styles, but in most conservatories or classical music classrooms, or orchestral music, not classical music, we focus primarily on Eastern or Western European music for some reason, and we don't even talk about American music, despite it literally being our culture. So doing that research, or hearing about that research, was really good for me. And then I also embarked on my own little mini project where I asked several high school seniors, um, black high school seniors who had dropped out of music programs, why they dropped out and what would have made them stay. And 
five of them out of the seven I interviewed said it was because, well, we didn't really like the music played. I didn't feel myself represented there. And then when I also interviewed music educators on their preparedness to teach black music styles, most of the music educators are like, I don't know what to do about that because we don't see that in the music we're taught how to teach. So I decided to fuse these research projects that I did in my undergrad of music ed and combine that to this project where I get black music styles into the tuba repertoire and then increase the representation with using black artists in general. So my apologies if you hear like a door opening or you hear that really, really loud air conditioner in the background. Um, this office is not as quiet as I thought it would be. But here we are, and this is what I'm doing, so we're just going to have to deal with that today. Anyways, so as I mentioned before, this project is two years in the making. I started this back in officially December 2019, but I'm going to just say January 2020 for, you know, the uh, evenness of it. So back in January 2020, I applied to Running Start, and in February 2020, I actually won the competition, like first place, which was really crazy because I wasn't expecting to win it. But I gave a really good pitch, and my idea won. So I won $2,500 from that grant. And I was really excited. I had this plan of going to tour at a bunch of different schools and libraries and churches and raising money that way for the project and everything was great. And then in March, the pandemic happened. So at first I really didn't know what to do and I was kind of freaking out for a while. And um, I just, well, I kept persevering. And then one day I realized, you know what would be a good idea doing a Kickstarter for this thing. So I ran a Kickstarter, and I also made the mistake of running this Kickstarter 100% alone. Now, this was probably the most stressful 30 days of my life because I was posting constantly, I was making all these rewards, I was trying to get all these people, I was sending a bunch of emails. It was just a lot of work. But I did it, and in the end, I raised about $9,750, and I got that from about 190 backers. So that meant 190 people paid money to support this project. And I had planned at that time, all right, we're going to do this recording in November because obviously the pandemic is going to be over in November 2020. Well, November 2020 got there and the pandemic got worse. So recording got postponed again. And then I planned for the end of 2021 or the end of the school year 2021. And... As I expected, or didn't expect, it also got postponed. So what I did instead was I had all the composers create electronic backing tracks of the pieces for them to release to me so I could create a demo. So this electronic demo was released in July of 2021, and it's all of the pieces just played with kind of atrocious sounding electronic accompaniment but it works when I'm performing this in different places like I've performed it like in three different places so far and I didn't have the luxury of bringing a five-piece band with me so it was really nice to have these backing tracks to play but this demo happened and I got to send it to all the backers because the backers really supported me for a while and then I put it on hold a little bit because I was stressed out with the DMA and I didn't know how to find people until finally in January, um, January 15th, 
2022, I finally was able to get into a recording studio and I recorded it. And recording was so much fun. Like the whole month of January, I know I mentioned this back in January, but it was just me living my career and what I wanted to do. Because for recording, it was just really nice to be able to just sit back and play music for, I mean, it was a couple hours where we had to do so many different takes. But it was just fun to play with everybody and hear what these pieces that I've been waiting for for the past two years sounded like with actual instruments, live instruments. And the other musicians on this project, so I can, you know, um, give them credit because they are all, all really incredible, are Gabriel Petkatis. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's on the drums. Rachel Winder or Ray Winder is on the saxophone. And we have Lior Willinger on keyboard, Jason Torres on tuba. Well, he is a tuba player, but he's on bass. Sorry, I'm on tuba. And then we have my friend Christian DeFries on horn, Ant- Antoine Jackson on trumpet, and China Beals on trombone. And these are the musicians who made this project possible. So we got the recording done, then I had to wait for it to get all mixed, and then I waited for it to be mastered, and then here we are. It is June, everything is ready, I am just waiting for the marketing company to promote it, and we're just, it's going to be great when it comes out next Friday. So I'm going to just share a few clips of what it sounds like. The first piece I'm going to play is a piece called Jazzy's Tuba by Malachi Brown. What I like about this one is how it incorporates a jazz style with um, tuba music, and it also kind of has like a little bit of a Latin jazz feel, which is really fun to just kind of like bop out to. Um, I have it as the opening track just because I feel like it's a good opening track. It starts off with a slow ballad, and then it gets into you know the samba feeling. So I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Deanna Wallace's piece called Breakdown. And this is a trio. It's just drums, sax, and tuba. And this one I found really interesting because it combines the classical, contemporary classical music with, I don't know if it's like smooth jazz. It's some sort of like, it has a beat to it. And it's just really interesting. And what Diana was telling me was she took a three-note motive and used that for basically the entire piece and called it Breakdown as she's breaking down the motive. And it just is really innovative, in my opinion, what she was able to do. (laughs) ¶¶ 
piece that I'm going to play, um, just a sample of the third movement of it, is called Revolution. And that's the title piece of the album. I named the album before he named the song, but it just kind of worked out that way anyways. And I really love this piece. It's, well, it's technically three really, really short movements, like a minute and 30 seconds each, but they're kind of put together into one, one big piece. And originally it was supposed to be extended, but then Life got in the way, so the extension couldn't happen as planned, but that's okay. And what I like about it is it really does combine like what I feel is R&B, um, a little bit of hip-hop and trap and everything with just tuba music or just orchestral instruments um, playing all this stuff. And I thought it was really good, especially how he used the horn in this last movement of the clip that I'm going to be playing for you. So I hope you enjoy that as well. Future Jazzy is done editing all of these clips into here, which is probably going to take me some time. I'm going to talk about how you can support it. So, the album officially releases next Friday, July 1st. But what you can do now is you can go and pre-order it on Bandcamp. Now, Bandcamp is a website. You can go to jasminepiggott.com Bandcamp, and then you can find the EP Revolution. And... It's a good website, I think, because I actually make money from it. So when you go and you pre-order it, you get access to Revolution, the entire track. And then on the release day, you get the first access to all three songs when they are available. 
you can you also have the option to pay more than the song is. So right now the EP is set to be five dollars. If you feel like paying more, you can definitely pay more. I would really appreciate it if you can pay more because that's more money I make. But, you know, I'm not in it for the money. So if you can only pay the $5, then you know what? Pay the $5. I still appreciate you because you are supporting me. And then if you don't feel like pre-ordering on Bandcamp, the official release will be one week from tomorrow, um, which should be Friday, the day this comes out. It's Thursday, but um, Friday... July 1st is when this release. And while I'd appreciate you buying it from Bandcamp, iTunes, or Amazon Music, because there you pay actual money for it, and I get an actual royalty from it, it will be streamed through Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Music. Now, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Music, you get a fraction of a cent per play. (laughs) So um, if you do choose that route, then just put it on repeat for a while, you know, Share it to all your friends. Put it on repeat again, just so we can we can build up some revenue. But I understand that you might be paying for all these subscriptions and you want to use them rather than paying an extra five bucks for like one small EP when you could just pay the five bucks a month and get like millions of songs. So I totally get it if you don't have that financial stuff. So on July 1st, look forward to it streaming Basically everywhere, it'll stream on more platforms than that, but those are the biggest platforms that I'm just going to name. So please, please, please check it out and please share it with anybody that you can because it'll be great. And as many people as possible should know what it is. Maybe one day I'll infiltrate TikTok and we'll have some TikToks of it. Um, I don't know how to use TikTok yet, but maybe we'll see. Maybe that will be a summer project as well, but I don't know. Anyways... So that is how to support Revolution when it does come out next Friday. Okay, so this project's going to come out on July 1st. Yay! I'm going to have the marketing company hopefully market it some more. Yay! And then what? Well, the future of this project can take a number of forms. So the first one, I'm going to expand my compositional writing style to incorporate more black music styles. Now, I actually started this project before I became a composer back in like March 2020. So I didn't know how to compose at the time. I theoretically had a year where I could have added my own composition to this project, but I didn't do that. So I'm going to expand my composition writing style for tuba to include more black music styles. I can keep this going and I can keep creating just a mass collection of pieces like these. And I'm going to continue to apply for more grants to commission more composers of color or black composers to come out with a full album one day. I also recently started doing combination of these or spoken word um, with tuba music, which was really interesting because I premiered one of those at IWBC. And I realized that that's another way to get into black spaces because spoken word is a really black art form so while it's not necessarily a black music style it does reach a new audience and i'm going to keep on going with that as well then my other plan is to take these pieces on tour to more schools whether that be middle schools like i've done so far i've played this at two middle schools high schools or colleges where i've played at one college and then i played at one festival in columbia columbia country um, where it was like a number of 
university level players who came and it was a pretty big audience and I played these pieces with the electronic tracks which you know they weren't great because they were the electronic tracks but <laughs> you still got to hear the effect of the piece so I'm going to take these pieces on tour a bit more get them more exposure so people can have access to them and know what they sound like and they can share it with their students and be like hey did you know that this person exists and these black musicians exist and these black composers exist and this black music exists for the tuba yeah check it out so that is my plan for revolution so that really concludes the information part of this episode i hope i wasn't rambling too much i know i have a tendency to do that when i talk about these things especially if i don't have it really scripted out a lot of times i have like bullets put out on my my outlines but today I didn't do that and I didn't take my ADHD medication so I'm just kind of going all over the place if I am going all over the place I might not even be going over all over the place if I'm talking too fast I'm probably talking too fast too um but okay focusing on that yeah so end of the information portion of the episode So next, that would mean I am going to move on to Roses, Buds, and Thorns. So Roses, Buds, and Thorns is a segment I do on the podcast to cultivate a level of authenticity and gratitude with the audience. So this means authenticity because, hey, uh, when things are going well, not everything is usually going well. And then, well, when things are going bad, there's usually something I can be grateful for. So Rose is something good that happened this week. A thorn is something bad that happened this week, and a bud is something I'm looking forward to next week or this week. So for this week, my thorn, because I always start with my thorn because it's a negative thing, is that, well, I've been spending a lot more money on eating out than I have wanted to. Um, I thought that, okay, I'm done with all the touring that has been the hell months of April and May, so that means I should be back to eating normal and cooking, and well, I'm not doing that as much as I want because of moving with Andre, and then I'm going to be traveling a lot in the next couple of months for vacation, so yeah, I've been spending a lot more money than I want, but I'm also spending it on things that I value, like like good food, which is an experience in my mind. It's not a thing. So I'm glad I'm spending money on having the experience of eating out and eating really good food with people I enjoy. So hooray. My rose for this week is that right now I have my former babysitter, Monique Kale. Um, she raised me since I was one years old until I was 10 years old. So she is actually visiting me in Baltimore this week. And it's been really fun to spend time with her. She came with me. Oh, another rose as I played in this hip hop orchestra uh, concert, Ill Harmonic Orchestra with the Phantom and the Phoenix. But anyways, um, so yay, two roses. Um, but Monique came to those concerts as well, which was really, really nice. And then she's spending time with Andre, which is good. And it's just been a really nice time to have her around. We went to the aquarium yesterday. We we're actually pretending to be tourists in Baltimore, and we did the paddle boat rides, which was really cool. We went to a nice brunch place. So things have been really great, and it's just been nice to see her again. And it was really nice to play that gig because I had never played like an actual hip-hop orchestra gig, and it gave me some ideas for composition stuff in the future. And then finally, my bud for this week is that I will be heading to Ithaca this weekend. 
for the first time in like a year. So I'm very excited because I'm going to be going with Andre and we're going to meet all my friends that I have from Ithaca, from the Jubilee Singers, and then other friends I have from the community. So I'm just really, really looking forward to that, to finally seeing these people and catching up with these friends for like, you know, the first time in a year. Because, you know, a year is a long time, even though it's not as long as it could be. It's it's shorter than it was the pandemic. And we're also going to do a lot of hiking. And hiking is really fun. I love hiking, especially in Ithaca. If you ever happen to be in Ithaca or near Ithaca, go to Ithaca because it's gorgeous. <laughs> but anyways, it's actually really beautiful with all the gorges that are there. So go to Ithaca. And yeah, so that actually concludes the episode. So if you please, 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 please could please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I think we have ratings now. And share with your friends and family because word of mouth is how most people find out about most podcasts. And well, the ratings and reviews will help people find it in their search results if they're searching for a podcast like this one. And then please support the Revolution EP that will come out on July 1st, 2022. I would really appreciate any support you can, even if that means just streaming it on Spotify and sharing it with a couple friends. But any support that happens is support and it makes this project have more of an impact on the people it should be impacting. It will help it reach the audience it needs to reach. So thank you so much for listening and have a great two weeks. I will be back in two weeks with an episode, like I mentioned uh, two weeks ago, about the Chromatic Brass Collective and how the group is really important for representation as well. And then eventually I'm going to get back into some actual wellness content. But right now it's activism month because, hey, Juneteenth was like two days ago. So yay, happy Juneteenth. First time federal holiday. July 4th is not free um, because, well, black people still aren't free. So that's how I feel about July 4th. But anyways, yeah, I will see you all in two weeks and have a great time. Enjoy listening to the EP when it comes out next Friday and have a good July 4th. And yeah, take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at The Jazzy Tubist on both Facebook and Instagram. And at my website, jasminepiggit.com. I'll see you next Thursday.